Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is the Nerds Watchlin' Wrestling Podcast, your new one-stop shop for all things professional wrestling. I am your host, your Southern Wrestling Scholar, CJ Pierce, and I'm here with two wonderful wrestling fanatics and two very good brothers of mine. First, I have the Reaper, Tori. How are you, my brother? What's up, brother? I'm doing very well. Let's get to talk about some wrestling. Then on the other mic, we have the Quan Deniable one. It's Quan. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. I'm saying, that's good, man. Y'all seen what social media to start off this weekend wrestling? What they talking about? Okay, so we'll, else we'll get into later in the Raw review. There has been more Twitter beef between AEW and WWE over the placement of one former WWE champion, that being the recently returned Jinder Mahal. Yes, we are making moves with all these returns in the Triple H era. Um, we got to talk about it because it's been everywhere. Um, Jinder Mahal has been placed in a storyline with World Heavyweight Champion Seth Rollins and is now getting a World Heavyweight Championship match this upcoming Monday night on Raw. And it has sparked a lot of online controversy, not only with wrestling fans, but with wrestling promoters, even to the point that AEW booker and owner Tony Khan Tony has Khan. gone out of the way to question WWE's decisions. And to WWE's own defense, they started criticizing the use of one FTW champion hook in the world type of picture. Gentlemen, any thoughts on that? Because I started, I saw that and was bewildered. Well, first of all, I just need um, one question. Are they making a tour of India anytime soon? Not, as not as in the slice. We're going to Perth for the chamber, but that's in Australia. Australia. Yeah, that's the only reason why I asked that. Because remember, when he became the WWE um, champion, I don't that was because they were trying to ingratiate themselves with the people of India. Right, trying to all move into the Indian market of globalization. See, so. that's the good thing about being here with brothers like you. I did not even know about the controversy about this. This is this is all new to me. Oh, man. Oh, like, Tony is highly upset. Like, Tony Khan is very upset. And obviously, you got your wrestlers from your different promotions, like, hashtag gender over hook, hashtag hook over gender. Don't hinder the gender. And it's all really stemming from Tony Khan's point of view that if you go back and check, this record and when Jenna Mahal last won a singles match. Jenna Mahal has won a singles match since 2022. Yet here I am, Monday, finna take a title shot. Against so many Monday with a world's heavyweight championship match on free Monday Night Raw TV. Oh. Didn't win a match. Hasn't won anything since 2022. Like, only thing we've seen Jenna Mahal do since his last singles victory, he brought right. a manager for Indusha. They left when he did. He did have, like, didn't he have like, a title match in NXT against Braun He did. I would like to say he did have one. Was he successful in that match? He was not. So now here he is just going for big gold. Um, Tori, as a man who has lived through generations of wrestling where championship matches have had to be earned by actual work, where do you think you could possibly stand on this situation? Wow, man, I've seen I've seen a lot of them come and go, and I've seen some times where, like, as you just said, like a guy come in, I know where gets a title shot. If I had to rank this one, man, it has to be it has to be something behind this. There has to be a reason that they're pushing this to us. And as as Quan said, on a free Monday Night Raw, so it's not up there. It's not even in my top ten. Like I would give. I would, you might get down my throats. I would give Hogan returning no to question. face Kevin Nash with the infamous finger poke before I give this any credit. Uh, first of all, that's 20 years old. First of all, that is now 20 years old. Uh, hey, what did you uh, just say? That was a 20 year old that helped destroy the company. That helped destroy. But um, on, now on the opposite side of that equation, a lot of people are starting to get mad at Tony Khan about how he has basically done the same thing by awarding people like Hook title matches by, and another bizarre case that they mentioned was the return of Abaddon and how they were immediately giving a TBS championship match, but then we go and see the work that was put into those people getting those matches. Quan, as someone who follows the likes of Abaddon and Hook, do you believe there's any credence to these criticisms on Tony Khan's end? From, from Tony's end, from Tony's standpoint, the people that I'm giving title matches to are the people that y'all are seeing and the people that y'all are seeing put in the work. Y'all saw Abaddon come back, you saw her put in the work in the Fatal 4-Way, she got a title match. Hook is now two-time FTW champion with one of the best records in the company, so it's more, it's not so much obvious he'll get a title match, but he's, but the title matches don't go to the non-deserving AEW. Just point blank period. Um, so we'll, we'll just have to see how this plays out. Like, once again, Jinder Mahal versus Seth Rollins will main event. Monday, free of Monday, Monday Night Raw. Like, that's something that can only happen in NXT in 2012. But speaking while on this AEW train, um, a lot of problems have been amassing the last couple weeks with one of their top stars, one of their former champions. And now we're just getting more news about him. Um, if you guys remember back in 2022, there was an alleged altercation outside of a hotel between AEW superstar Chris Jericho and at the time, and still at the time, WWE employee MVP to where they may have had some minor um, differences that Initially, MVP asked Jericho to step outside and handle, and in response, Jericho reportedly ran into the elevator and as it closed, yelled, I don't fight jobbers. Well, now it has been reported and came out that the reason for this is that two years prior on Chris Jericho's Rock and Ranger Wrestling SC Part 2, that, that he and MVP actually got into a physical altercation in 2020 back before MVP resigned with WWE. This was obviously, this was obviously pre-COVID. So... Um, MVP was on the Rock and Ranger Park doing visiting some friends who was wrestling on the cruise, and apparently things got a little hit between Jericho and MVP, which resulted in a brawl with MVP coming out on top. And now with this news coming out and how things have escalated over the past two years, and among all the other news that's coming out, you've seen AEW kind of try to take away heat from Jericho. Like you'll notice this weekend, our AEW review that in Davy's place they kept playing Judas to, uh, during the Chris Jericho um, Lace Scott's brawl to make sure we didn't boo Chris Jericho. Is this the right way AEW should be going about this Chris Jericho matter? Because this January and Chris Jericho already happened. <laughs> I mean, I'm not necessarily acting up if I'm just talking about a situation that's already happened, and me and me and the guy in the, situ the, the situation may have already you know agreed that hey, it happened. We can move on. Blah blah blah. We will. And maybe I'm not the person that brought it up. But does this? But does this just keep adding more fuel to the already bigger burning Jericho fire? Just now knowing that Jericho is actually causing these problems, and it's been going on since 
2000 and, well, as far as it's being reported at this point, 2020. It does in a sense, but like I said, at that point, it was, that's a 2020 situation. Like we, We're here now in brand new 2024. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't say AEW so much trying to hide or so much just like make sure the fans aren't booing Jericho because he's still in the spotlight. Like as, as we'll get to later on, later on in the segment, like there's, there's still plenty. I'm still doing plenty. I'm still one of the, one, I'm still one of the big, one of the biggest, if not the biggest draw that the company still has today. Like, like you said, like you said, they play, they play my music. It worked. They sang my songs. The Jericho situation did not happen because y'all were still singing. What have I become? And not for nothing, the song is called Judas. So like, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's true. Like, it's true. Like, it's, I, I blatantly tell y'all, I'm not a good guy. I guess um, I guess I'm not gonna say I'm asking. I'm got just questions with it. Um, MVP is still signed. Currently signed with WWE. Yes. yes. Okay. As um, we know of at time of recording. Yes. Okay. So like, could you guys think that Tony Khan might be trying to play off that just in case MVP's contract might be coming up and he's thinking about jumping ship and that heat will already be there and the fans of AEW will know about it and he come in and they automatically have a few. That's if we bring in MVP the wrestler. Yeah. Because like, as, as, of, as of this time, we haven't seen MVP the wrestler. Oh wow. In a while. It's, it's an MVP. Like, it's an MVP. His last match was maybe an impact and then he's done maybe yeah. two oh, raw matches during the COVID era and a rumble. Yes, yeah, so yeah. we got a we got a rumble and a couple of raw matches outside of that. It's yeah, just, yeah. just the management. He's not even really part time for him. He's, he's honestly probably slid over to like the legit just management role in, mm-hmm. in the dubs. Like it just might be his actual title. And even then, we haven't seen him manage since when's the last time I watched on television? Oh, dude. What was, oh, was, it, was it WrestleMania? Ew. That is disturbing. Seriously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it may have been Mania. It might have been Mania. Damn, because like. It wasn't mania. Backlash. Like, like it was it was backlash. It was a while. It's, it's been a while. It has still been a while. But um yeah, and like and lastly in our little news roundup sticking with AEW, once again, like it's time when contracts are coming up and everything is renewed. But if it's anything we're gonna hear about in wrestling is people being unhappy. And this time the unhappiness lies from not being on live television. Yes, Jeff Hardy has actually gone on X and pretty much vocalized his displeasure of not being of him and his brother, the Hardy Boys, not being used on live AEW programming instead of being mostly regulated to the pre-recorded hour show Rampage. Um, obviously, anyone worth their stop in wrestling know exactly what Matt Jeff Hardy are about when it comes to their legacy in wrestling. But I have some opinions on this matter, but I'm going to let the guys get into it first. Um, Quantum, oh, sorry, Tor, all right, Tor, um, <clears throat> how do you feel at this point in 2024 about the Hardy Boys still being, in their words, needle movers? Um, I'll just put it to you like this, man. Um, there have been wrestlers who were pushed into the um, spotlight, but they were better at doing other things. Um, but not so much as what I'm about to say. For instance, when Dean Malenko came to, to WWE part of uh, the Radicals, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't really wrestle long. He moved straight to the backstage area. The reason why I'm saying that is Matt and Jeff, physically wise, still have a little in the tank, but they have more in their brains. So what Khan or whoever's running the production over there for real, for real, they're probably using them to get some up-and-coming talent, um, some reps with vets, bona fide Hall of Famers. Top, what, top, top, top five tag team of all time, right? No, top five tag team of all time, right? So, but for them, to, you got to know when it's not your time to be in the shine. In the shine. When you, you need to know when, yeah, I need to be in this uh, in the dark matches. Yeah, so I, don't, I, don't, I honestly don't see any problem with it. I think that's a good move for them. Corn, your thoughts on um, the Hardys in 2024 saying they deserve to be on the live shows being pushed further in the tag team division? Because as we've seen on this past episode of Rampage, they've now basically moved from the tag division to the trios division. Yeah. Nothing against them per se, but me personally, I don't see 2024 Matt and Jeff keeping up with current 2024 world champion tag teams. I, your, I will say your Lucha Bros, your even even your Young Bucks, like just, just um, off the open, like I, 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 if, if I made a fatal four-way tag team match with Matt and Jeff and three people I just named, Matt and Jeff are team number four. They're the team that's coming in fourth place. Like they're they're gonna, they're gonna get their usual spots off. We're gonna, we're gonna see the Matt and Jeff quote tandem offense, and that's, that's just gonna be it. And me personally, like I, if, like I, I, me personally, I feel like maybe there's just nothing for them to do. Like maybe maybe they're not getting that. Just, we just don't have anything, and it's just it's just to the point of what I said. Y'all not being able to keep up. Is there, um, <clears throat> there's one title they can get, and to my knowledge, they haven't had it yet. The trios. That's what, that's what, that's what Zach just paired yeah, off. Like, like they just like, they just um, formed the team. Like this um this um past Friday on Rampage, they formed the team with Mark Briscoe to enter the trios division. Um, as a Hardy fan for like my entire wrestling uh, career, like I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't watch wrestling if it wasn't for Manager Hardy. Um, and knowing where they started from and, how, and where they are now, I do with all my heart love the Hardy Boys. But I do have to agree with Conor. We are at the point in their careers where they can't keep up with the newer tag teams. Like their bodies are given the matches that we have put on live TV featuring Jeff Hardy have been honestly, as a fan, kind of scary and disappointing to watch because like now you can see that the moves aren't just crisp anymore. The wind is blowing a little harder than it used to. And one, one of their past matches, they just what we won't call it, we'll call it, we'll call it a slip up. They slipped up on. Right, slipped slipped they slipped up on poetry. On poetry, poetry most, most, like, yeah. like Jeff, Jeff was going, Jeff was going for the usual vault on top of that and just all just all out slipped and just dropped. So like, and then you even still have to take it to the count. We brought Jeff Hardy in. We were ready to give them that push that they need in the tag division because like, we finally have the Hardys now coming. Like, who wouldn't put the tag titles on them? Like, give them everybody tag titles. That's what they're here for. But with Jeff even being suspended within his first month in AEW, that comes with like bringing Jeff Hardy in already comes with putting a lot of trust that he will do right. And unfortunately, again, he showed that he couldn't at the time. So, as much as it hurts me as a Hardy Boy fan to see and admit it, we're no longer at the level that the the Hardys are no longer at the sellout level that they think they are. Mentally, absolutely, they could be great. And someone's creative. If but, there's creative for them. But 
when it comes to the in-ring work, when it comes to me wanting to actually watch a tag title match that's supposed to last an hour, no. that's where AW, I, honestly, and it hurts to say, I honestly don't think the artists can do it. Well, like, straight up, what, they can give you what, about for real? Eight to ten minutes, get it for real? And that's and no joke. And they're going to get gassed in those, they're going to get gassed instantly. <clears throat> and they might feel better if they, if they took the Adam Copeland approach with it. Like, Copeland was, like, was interviewed, like, within days of coming to AW, was, was the first thing out of the mouth was, I'll be happy to coach, coach the young guys, tell them, tell them to sit with them, watch the run tape, watch footage, all that. That's the Terry Funk approach. Terry Funk said, so you got to get the next generation ready, man. And then you might find happiness in that. <laughs> Your body gonna feel happiness. <laughs> well, we'll just have to see what the plans are for the Hardys and this new Briscoe trio. But it is Saturday, so that means we are here. You know pre- what that means. What does, does it mean? That means. What does it mean? It means that we are here pro. We are here pre wrestling matches of the night. We have three shows going on tonight. Really four, but we're only gonna get into three because you know time restrictions. And sticking with all elite wrestling, we are gonna have one hell of a collision. We have a trios match between FTR and Daniel Garcia versus the complete house of Black Lives Black Lives Reunited now that the Continental Classic is over. Dan Garcia, who had breakout performance in that, is finally looking like he's breaking away from the sports entertainment-based stuff of whatever Jericho has happened over the past year and is teaming up with hashtag top guys in this trio's match. Quan, you're a big house of Black fan. What can we expect out of this match? A lot of kicks and knees and some barking because there's a Brother King. He likes barking a lot. They got a little barking like he's big dog, big man. Yes, he yes, Like a lot of niggas. <laughs> A lot of niggas, Buddy Murphy, a lot of kicks, a lot of top plant, but like, and a lot of top guys and a lot of dancing from FTR and Daniel Garcia. Don't sleep on Daniel Garcia. That's still the man that tapped out Daniel Brown with a sharpshooter. That's still the man that beat Brody King and took him out of the and place. It's over. I was like, also in six man, I actually got to jump from trios to six man because now we're getting a little Ring of Honor involved. The Gates of Agony and Brian Cage, your Ring of Honor six man tag team champions, also known as Mobile Embassy, will be defending against the Righteous and the Murderhawk Lance. Archer, that is going to be some hard-hitting title match right now. Yes, yes. Hard Expect them both ends. Like, Expect the Murderhawk to at least knock somebody out. Like, I've always been a fan of Brian Cage. I've always thought it was unutilized. I'm glad to see him having a title match on live TV. Also, someone I'm glad to see back on TV. A debut. I ain't, ain't nothing to boil up more than a debut, and I love both of them involved in this match. Red Velvet takes on the debuting virtuosa Deanna Perrazzo. Are you serious right now? I'm deadly serious right now. Deanna Perrazzo made her AEW debut last week interrupting Brian May on Dynamite. As I expressed on last week's episode with Monday Night Mark, I have always been such a huge fan of Deanna Perrazzo, former three-time knockout champion when you've done it tree and I'm very excited to see Red Velvet back in action she's been gone for a while with an injury she's been slowly getting more momentum back on TV this is a women's match that I personally cannot wait for right now tell me who you cannot wait for Deanna Perrazzo to go one on one with Britt Baker absolutely whenever we get Britt Baker back on TV I'm, I'm ready for the doctor versus the virtuoso right. also wouldn't mind maybe returning professor <laughs> well, but that's, that's all for another time also just announced Uh-oh. for collision the hangman Adam Page Going one on one with one half of the work horseman, JD Drake Hangman, off the, off of that impressive win against Claudio Castagnoli, as we get into in our dynamite review. Stepped up to Samoa Joe, and this Hangman page in 2024 is ready to fight. What do you got? Like, you guys like this new different approach, man? I like the different approach as long as the road stops swerving. Pun intended. The road stops swerving <laughs> bar. I'm gonna use that bar to capitalize Otto Lucano that just announced Dustin Rose, the natural. Yeah, you like how I did that? Didn't nice. You? I'll say Dustin Rose will be going one on one with Big Wheeler Matt. This is Dustin Rose's first match back off of his interaction with Swerve at Worlds End. He's taking on one of the Indies' best superstars and Willie Mack. That actually should be a good match because what Willie might not know, and his, it's not too much that he doesn't know because he's truly a journeyman, um, Dustin will show him the rest. I'm say, and closing out our collision episode, we will have the Adam Copeland Open Challenge. Does this th- this feels like a patriarchy thing, right? Like this is definitely going to be Nick Wayne or Kill Switch answering this challenge, right? I mean, maybe. Like I talked about earlier, Adam Copeland has one to say he's willing and open to working with the young guys, helping them out and all that. So it might be, it might be a young upstart. Hey, I'm with it because remember um, one of the last things he did in WWE was what did he tell um what's his name the dude uh, Grayson Waller? Like yeah, you can swim, bro. So I always figured though he would do that because he truly loves wrestling. He understands. I was saying his last fight was Griff Garrison, if I'm not wrong. Big Griff from the bottom. All right. Also, like to keep up with the pay per view feel of tonight because January thirteenth is big right now for whatever reason. So it is time for the ninth AEW Battle of the Belts on top of the six man tag team titles being defended on Collision. Immediately after Collision, AEW hosts its ninth Battle of the Belts with title matches including Julia Hart of the House of Black defending her TBS Championship against Anna J. As we've seen this past Friday on Rampage in Daily's Place, Anna J. got and on and on Dynamite, Anna J. has gotten two upset victories over the House of Black member in tag team action, getting the win in the eight woman tag on Dynamite. Now she has a title match. Um, they said there was something of a friendship um, battle that has imploded. Quan, you want to explain on that if there is any expansion and why this match may be so important? Nothing yet per se. I didn't remember, didn't remember anything about the Anna J and Julia Hart friendship, but I do know that Julia did make quite a few enemies during this House of Black transition, and Anna J may just be one of them. I think when people made a lot of enemies, Ricky Stark, like the, the future of professional <laughs> wrestling, in my opinion, the revolution of professional wrestling, uh, and his tag team partner, Big Bill, Big Bill, Big Morrissey, Seven feet of Timberlands. They defend the AEW <laughs> World Tag Team Champions, the World Tag Team Championships against. Lace sex gods. The backstage troublemakers, Chris Jericho. That is, <laughs> not, their tag, that is not their tag team name. But no, all, all, jokes, like, all jokes aside, um, gentlemen, we all know that this was supposed to be our match at Worlds, and it was supposed to be the Golden Jets versus Big Bill and Ricky Starks. Unfortunately, Kenny Omega went down with an undisclosed injury. We hear which Kenny Omega all the best in this recovery. Yes. Um, Are you so, guys surprised that Big Bill and Ricky still have belts? I'm surprised they won. <laughs> uh, with with, all, with all due respect, wow. when we started this Ricky Stark single splish, this is a single splish. Remember, I won the Owen Hart tournament. I still say single splish. I'm going to pause you right here. I'm going to start you. I'm going to pause you right here. I started the single splish on who's back. 
Ooh. We don't talk about no, so we're not talking about the singles push thing. So a tag team champion, Ricky Starks <laughs> and Big Bill. That's diabolical. It is correct, is what it is. It is diabolically correct. Okay. Like, that, that is why we're saying all. Oh, mm-hmm. gee, um, what chance are you giving the sex guys in this match against Big Bill and Ricky Starks? They've been on the roll, man. Honestly, fifteen. They've been, been on the roll. Yeah, they've been running Collision. Like, like when you watch Collision, like, like you have your people who are on your certain shows now. Just like how Orange Cassidy is going to do his thing on Dynamite with his international championship. Like Ricky Starks and Big Bill have been tearing it up on Collision. I give him fifteen percent. That's low. No, no, no. Because the simple, um, the simple reason is right here, right? Yeah, they might be tearing it up, but. Has there been any indication that um, Bill and Aubrey are going to drop the title? No, no So 15%, that's what you get. I was like, in, um, in the main event, which I believe will be the main event, the man, aforementioned man, I just mentioned your international champion, Orange Cassidy, the man who is guaranteed to give you match of the night when it comes to this championship, will be putting his title on the line against Preston Vance of La Fashion de Gornable. Um Preston Vance Bello did, Bello Grosso. Said, did get the win in the men's eight-man tag while we was in Daily Place. It was a Burley tribute show. So now, do you guys feel that maybe one victory deserve? once again, does one victory deserve a title shot, first of all, and B, is Preston Vance up to par to have that Orange Cassidy International Championship match. One victory does not deserve a title shot. I agree with you. Preston Vance may be up to par if we see more out of him in this match because Orange Cassidy has, that, has the capacity to bring, bring that out of people. And Orange Cassidy has been fighting champion for lack of a better term, just pulling people up backstage like, hey, you heard you want to fight? All right, my belt's on the line. Let's go. Your music's playing right now. Let's go, let's go ahead and get this over with. That is true. That is true. So Preston and Orange might put on a good match. If not, he's going to make him work. Yeah, Orange is definitely going to make him work. He's going to make him work. I will give that to uh, Freshly Squeeze Orange Cassidy about that right there. Well, we are just going to have to tune in to Rampage this evening. Not Rampage, I'm, I apologize. Collision. He has so many shows and so many titles. We'll have to tune in to Collision and Battle of the Bells to see, and we'll let you guys know what's happening next week. Also tonight is New Japan Strong's Battle of the Valley pay-per-view coming from us. Comes to us live from San Jose, Battle in the Valley. California. Battle in the Valley. What are you saying? Four? You have. You've been, you've been saying both. All right. <laughs> like, more like Prince Conor Reed. Y'all forget me. I got my glasses. I understand. But yes, um, New Japan Strong is putting on their San Jose show. Big Battle of the Valley pay-per-view. Big card. Very, very hard-hitting matches. One of which will be Kazuchika Okada versus Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay, easily the wrestler of 2024. Like whoever says, whoever says differently, like honestly, get real. Like I'm sorry, 2023. Like he's wrestled 2024, 2025. He is the star maker. He is the next one. He he is the next him. That's the last thing Space Jam reached on 24 and 25. But we'll see. We'll see. Like obviously, like his contract with Japan is coming up. So this will be after this show. Like after this show. After after, after another. We have this one. One more show with you know. He has one more show. He has a team match with United Empire. And then that's it. I'm saying he's already signed his contract with AEW for 2024. So. Like, now that he's going to get this mainstream U.S. exposure, I honestly believe there's no stopping this man for the next two years. Okay, let's just be honest about this real quick. Was this a good signing? Absolutely. I do not disagree with you guys. Okay, my last part of it. Should he stay there? You know how it goes. Well, that's, the, that's the thing about signing with AEW. I don't necessarily have to stay here regardless. Tony is more than willing to let me go work any and all the things. Oh, no, you already know what the underlining question is. The underlining question. Think about it. Who, 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 who knocks on your door when you blow up? No, we're not going to see Billy Bucks be in NXT anytime soon. <laughs> I, really, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank Only, you. But like, once again, this is not going to be an easy match. Like, um, Osprey and Okada have faced each other before. Eight Ospreay individual has, times. I want to say... You said eight? Eight individual I wanna times. Say Okada is nine, current, nine. I want to say Okada is currently up. Okada, okay, Okada is, is up 7-2. Seven 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 oh, Okada is up 7-2. So this is a match that Will Osprey definitely needs to win, especially this one, his last go-rounds with New Japan Pro. Hold on, but will he traditionally go out on his back with the, for the company? Uh, Potentially. Maybe the next, his final match? I could I could see me I could see me and United Empire going down, especially since it's especially since it's us against the Bullet Club and we might end the Bullet Club but we more than likely need that that little bit of that little extra knock for us to like put eyes on them per se because we haven't taken this iteration of Bullet Club seriously. Sweet. But knocking down United Empire well, is definitely a way to get us to do that. Okay. Speaking of United Empire on our undercar, we are gonna have United Empire member TJP going against Bullet Club Board leader, David Finley. This night just continued after the five on five tag team match broke down and just absolute bedlam ray like they just did not care about did not match. They did not match. The bell rung the match did not happen, the bell rung again, and we just moved on. Wow. All right. Like so. Not in that order. There was a lot of there's a lot going on. Like if there was a if there was a new Japan version of War Games, I would love to watch those two teams out. That would that would be it because the match you're having next is going to be a steel cage. It is Bullet Club War Dogs against United Empire in a five on five steel cage match. I wonder if it's gonna be like a single, you know, single match or a double match. You know what I'm saying? Two rings. You know what I'm saying? I could see New Japan trying to do the double ring thing, but their but their ring is, is a little bit the stage is a little bit bigger, so they can probably have a little bit more room to just put the ten folks in there. In I would like cage. to see that match. Yeah, I would like to see it. Okay. Also on this card, we have our strong open late tag team title match as the champions. Bullet Club. No, no I'm sorry, not Bullet Club Warriors. Actually, yes, Bullet Club Warriors are in this match. They are the challengers to the Gorillas of Destiny, Hikaleo and El Fantasma for the New Japan Strong Open Weight Championship. LP, the best super kick in the business. Load it up and drop them. Gorillas of Destiny have been. On a good, nice run that was just finally breaking away officially from the Bullet Club. They picked up ELP and Hikaleo after they were unceremoniously dropped. And now they are back shooting with those boys, Alice Coughlin and Clark Connors. For the tag team championships at Battle of the Valley Quan. Again, like Bullet Club War Dogs, they won it all. They won it all. They had it all. Clark Connors did have a tag title with another Bullet Club War Dog member, Dan Maloney, which they unceremoniously lost to the two men they happen to be fighting tonight. ELP and Hikuleo, who are not only your strong openweight champions, but they are your, I, want to, I would like to say they are just your base New Japan tag team champions as well. Mm, Gorillas Disney getting out the mud like when they said they were the best in their major club they were not playing they were not playing at all I was thinking with the tag team scene the mighty Don Neal Zack Sabre Jr. and bad dude Tito will be facing the newly returning Matt Riddle 
And a partner of his choosing, as we know, yes. Matt Riddle returned to independent wrestling back at MLW Kings and Coliseum. He defeated Jacob Fatu in a very mission. good match. Like, first of all, any match with Jacob Fatu was like top two. Small world, <laughs> like before the win. That's your head on the table. Nothing to talk for another day. Yes. He's just going to pay folks, but it's okay. All right. <laughs> but, but Matt Riddle is coming in with a partner of his choosing. A lot of speculation of who it could be because as we've seen, Nick Nemeth already made his New Japan Jake debut. Ali, the former Mustafa Ali in WWE, is just on his Ali World Tour. So anybody could show up for this match. Anybody want to throw some out? Somebody out who could like possibly show up in battle in the valley? It could be one Shelton Benjamin. He Shelton Benjamin. Wow. Shelton X Benjamin? Because there, there is an X on this fight. Nice. There's a wild X on this fight. Nice. On this fight. Shelton X Benjamin. Oh. I forgot he was part of those cuts. Quan Deniable with the bomb. Did not think about that. Like, I always forgot about those cuts. Wow. Yeah, remember in, uh, in in Japan, period, they appreciate the purity of professional wrestling. And Shell TV is a professional and a wrestler is, and a professional wrestler. He's he's yeah, Hall of Fame, straight up, no doubt. But um, I don't know. I, there, I haven't heard of anyone who had got released who's um, thinking about making a jump. I was one who was surprised that uh, Nick Nimitz actually jumped that well, got to New Japan that fast. But that would yeah, I would love to see that. That would be cool. In women's division action, Viva Van makes her New Japan strong debut as she takes on Stephanie Vacher. Viva Van like a well-rounded. Women's wrestling from the independent scene and all Japanese scene. Kwan, like, what can you expect from this debut match? I uh, can honestly expect Viva to show us what got eyes on her in the first place and what has brought and what has brought her to the dance, and so to speak. And Stephanie Vaker is one of the better, well-known, well-established women in the New Japan strong industry to be her first Stephanie Brown match, so to speak. So you gotta love it, like OG. Like I said, we've seen a lot of people come in with a lot of hype. Like there was a lot of hype on Viva Van's debut, like the Expos with all the championships she's won on her throne. Like when you come in with that hype, is it easy to watch somebody not back it up in their first, especially when you're making your pay-per-view debut as your first oh, match? Oh wow. That's even worse, man. Um, I honestly think that if you're going to debut someone at a pay-per-view, it doesn't matter. Don't put them in the ring. Just let them show their face. Because if they bomb there, you know wrestling fans and you know backstage producers, creative. They will. We, what's their favorite? We have nothing for you. Love so it. They love it. Yeah, it's been plenty, man, that have tried to debut on pay-per-views. So I wish I wish you the best of luck. But like what um, Arn Anderson just say, there's nothing wrong with being cocky as long as you can back it up. Let's hope she can back it up all the way up to the women's championship scene. Speaking of the women's championship, New Japan Strong Women's Champion Julia will be defending her title against Ring of Honor's Trish Adora. Two, in my opinion, two of the hardest working women in professional wrestling for their both separate industries. Obviously, Julia being a massive star over in Shimmer and Stardom, coming over to New Japan Women's Division, getting eyes on the product after taking the belt from Will Nightingale. Trish Adora, one of my favorite women of honor. I've followed her career for as long as I've watched Ring of Honor. I've always wanted more opportunities for her. And this is a big spotlight for this young woman. One of the one of the best lariats in the business. Like, Larry Tubman. So I'm going to call it Larry Tubman. That is nice. Yes. Like, we're going to free you with this Lariat. Actually, but, but can't she wrestle? We're going to free you with that Lariat is wild. I'm not letting you glide past that. We're going to free you with that Lariat is wild. It was a wild statement to say on there. It is wild, but she has to be wild and she has to be unpredictable. She has to be prepared if she wants to take a world championship from a competitor of the caliber of Julia, correct? You are indeed correct. Like, this woman is not here to play games. So speaking of not playing games, we have a singles grudge match on the line as the Death Rider, John Moxley, takes on Shingo Takagi. Um, I want to say Moxley, I want to say Shingo laid out the challenge at the end of Wrestle Kingdom, at the end of that match of Wrestle Kingdom, John Moxley was having. Um, I, I could be wrong. I just want to fact check, but I do know I do know one thing for certain. This match is not going to be for the faint of heart. This match is going to be brutal. This match is going to be ugly because this match is no disqualification. So that is one match I personally do not want to be in with one John Moxley. Thoughts, gentlemen? New Japan. That's all you need to say when it's involving a John Moxley no disqualification match. John Moxley is already believing the match has started yet. John Moxley is already believing. You're talking to me that I'm But I do expect Mr. Moxley to put his foot, soul, and the rest of his body into this match as he does with all of his other matches, and we are expected to see quite a treat. Oh yes. Other than we do have three other matches on the undercard, but one more match that I do want to touch on for Battle in the Valley is the Triple Crown Man himself, the King of the Bums, your Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion, your Continental Crown Champion, and your New Japan Strong World Champion, ladies and gentlemen, Eddie Kingston. He will be defending his Continental Crown, strangely enough, like New Japan Strong Show, not New Japan Strong Championship. We'll be defending his Continental Crown. I'm defending against, title. against Gabriel <laughs> Kidd. I don't know why I call him Gabriel. His name is Gabriel. Gabe. It's Gabe Kidd now. Like I remember when he was Gabriel. <laughs> that is Gabe Kidd, also of Bullet Club War Dogs. So what? Well, Bullet Club War Dogs is out here fighting for their lives in the four, Valley. Four out of five members represented in Battle in the Valley. Oh, wow. Now, what does Gabe Kidd have, like, with or without Bullet Club, what does Gabe Kidd have to do in order to try and wrestle the Continental Crown away from, in my opinion, the hardest working wrestler in professional wrestling? Oh, man. I would be the first to admit right here live that, like, when I first saw Eddie Kingston years ago when he was in um, Impact or TNA, whatever you want to call it, I was like, dude, who's this guy? But I watched his work over the last two years. Unbelievable worker. He has plenty of gas in the tank. I don't think anyone right now at this moment or within a two-month period can actually stop Eddie, Eddie Kingston, dude. Like, seriously, I don't think I don't think it can happen. He... It could happen. And it could happen tonight. Yeah, that is true. But Mary Mary Man is undefeatable. Dilly has not been defeated. Ooh. But like this tear that education is on. Like, I'm, I'm not going to start off with just my free championships for two weeks. Like I'm not going to let all the work that I actually put years of my life, my blood, my sweat, my tears, my back, my parents, my family, my like like he said, like I gave kid have all of that. I gave kid to put my blood, my sweat, my tears, my family, all of that. And I told Eddie that when I opened when I issued this challenge. Everything you said, I've said, I've done. Well, it's just gonna have to be over who wants it more. And honestly, I think my man Eddie Kingston is gonna want it the most. You already have it. I want it more than you. Like, it's not, like, just because I have it doesn't mean I still don't want it. Because I have to want it to keep it. Am I right? Who says you're keeping
Moving on to our final pay-per-view of the evening, and it's also the relaunch of a dying breed. Ladies and gentlemen, Impact Wrestling is now TNA once again, and it's time for some total non-stop action. Yes, and we are giving you guys nothing but action. They're doing the Hard to Kill pay-per-view, the first ever show back under the TNA banner, live from Las Vegas. Question, World question, will question, collide. Question. Let's go. Do you expect something big? Because think about these last few years with Hard to Kill. What has happened? Has something has happened to um, give it a shot to keep TNA alive. What do you, th- what do you think might happen tonight? The tagline of the show says Worlds will collide. You won't believe who's showing up. There we go. So that means literally anyone, I did not know that either. Like right there on the tagline, Worlds will collide, you won't believe who is showing up. And looking at this card, they already got some they already got some top notch performers in it. Like we got some New Japan talent, we got some unsigned talent from the Indies from the British wrestling scene. And it's about to be a whirlwind. Like starting with this card on the countdown exclusively on TNA Plus on YouTube, our kickoff show. Digital Media Championship match. Crazy Steve looks to wrestle the Digital Media Championship away from Tommy Dreamer in a notice qualification match. Once again, 2024, Tommy Dreamer is a champion. Put him up. Put him up, like, man. Put him up. Come on, man. Like, good for my boy Tommy Dreamer. But, um, yes, um, Crazy Steve, who's been on a career reinvention renaissance type deal, one feast of fire initially challenged for the Digital Media Championship, failed, but obviously, when you want something, you're determined to get it. One shot is not enough. So now him and Tommy Dreamer are going to go at a no DQ. Quan, you've seen most of Crazy Steve's career. What exactly does Crazy Steve have to do different to defeat the innovator of violence in a notice qualification match? Exactly what he said he's going to do. Show him the type of violence he has yet to see because he is not crazy as Crazy Steve. Hmm. Tommy Dreamer is not as crazy as Crazy Steve. Absolutely not. So are we going to get... Piggyback into the Hardy thing. 2024 Tommy Dreamer <laughs> is not as crazy as 2024 Crazy Steve. No, sir. Okay. Okay. So are we going to get a mix of the Menagerie, Crazy Steve, and um, Decay, Crazy Steve? Not so much anymore because Crazy Steve has since cut ties with the Menagerie and with the... Uh, no, I'm saying like, the mixture. No, 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 no well, you cut ties with those with those parts of the personality that were, with, that were in ties with those characters. Like yes. he has since, I want to say he's beat Black Taurus and effectively left Decay and hasn't been seen with or around the Menagerie in a while. Yeah, I got you. So yeah, like this new career path with Crazy Steve is interesting. I'm honestly, I'm honestly rooting for him to win the championship. Like, because like whether you like his character or not, once you know the story of how this man got here, it's like still a good story. Not to peel that back hurt too much, but... <laughs> I'm rooting for Crazy Steve in 2024. I really am. Also, off the kickoff show, Steve Macklin goes one-on-one with Rich Swan, two veterans of the wrestling scene. Steve Macklin came in like a bucket of fire of Impact Wrestling. It's like tagging the bag of baby. Like, like Steve Macklin, um, the former Steve Cullen in WWE, like of the Forgotten Sons, didn't do much with two his thumbs there. And now he's a former world champion going against another former world champion in Rich Swan. Two guys who, in my opinion, were completely underutilized by WWE. Do you guys see them doing bigger things in 2024 in wrestling in general, as well as TNA wrestling? Barring injuries, <clears throat> yes. Barring injuries and creative doing their job. Yeah. I'm saying lovely and lovely. And finally, on our kickoff show, Brian Myers and Eddie Edwards, the Boston New York connection, go up against TNA Originals. Eric Young, Frankie Kazarian, like as we see in TNA, like in Impact Wrestling in our nine days, a lot of our TNA people have come back and have raised the flag and are willing to help carry TNA back into the future. And when you talk about the hearts of the, um, the last days of Impact versus the hearts of TNA, I can't think of two. I can think of four letters better than mm-hmm. Kazarian, Eric Young, Brian Myers, and of course the true face of Impact Wrestling, Eddie, Eddie Edwards. Juan, how, how do you feel going to this match, seeing the difference of generations and the difference of companies merging before we kick back off in TNA properly? Just with the difference of generations merging, this is going to be a good match for anybody that's either a fan of TNA or a fan of Impact because, like you said, it's going, it's going to be the milling of the styles, the, the styles clash. Not, not necessarily not styles clashing, so to speak, but Eric and Frankie have been around each other for a while. They've run, they've run the road together and the road together. And same with Eddie and Brian Myers. Like they've they've been around each other. They've had matches together. They've spent time together. So it is two men. It is two wrestlers from Impact going against two wrestlers from TNA, and it's just going to be a good. Wrestling match, a good tag team wrestling match. Hmm. Okay, main card kicks off properly with a singles grudge match. Dirty Dango goes one on one with PCO. Like, for, <sighs> former, like, I love former WWE tag team champions. That's hilarious. Of, like, 20 years apart from their title ranks. That's, that's genius. Um, PCO Perpetration One came into Impact Wrestling with the Ring of Honor crew after this band, the Ring of Honor, stayed around and has become Impact's favorite monster. You know, like, for whatever reason, like, you watch their monster character in pro wrestling. And PCO is got to have it. And PCO has been one of the better ones. Um, as of late, he's going one-on-one against Dirty Dango, who's sick of the sports entertainment aspect of professional wrestling. He wants to be a true wrestler, because Dirty Dango, former WWE fan, Dango, y'all did it. So, like, <laughs> he, did it. He, did it. he did it, and he called it Fandango, actually. Fandango. He did that. That was him. <laughs> he did that. He did that, and he beat you up if you did it wrong. So, did he, did he, did he, did he, you know what? We'll talk about that in another show. Like, so, um, OG, um, like I said, that was former WWE Tag Team Champions. You remember PCO from this earlier work as part of the Quebecers back in the earlier days. Yes, sir. Oh, I'll just blew your mind with that one. He has Sanji and former WWE Tag Team Champion. BS. Like, are you serious right I'm, now? I'm very serious. Well, you're the Quebec- BS hazing you. I, hold on. Okay. The original Quebecers was... Not the original. Sh- not the original. Some, some of shock came back with his... The dude with the patch is PCO? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wow. My, no, because um, when I found out that... um. Um, Champa was back in the day. He did the small skate. Whatever. Lord, yeah. Lord, what oh, why did I know that? Yes, he was um whatever his name. I know he's talking about. I know he's talking about the wow. So, yes, he blew my mind. Like went from went from the WWE Tag Team Champion to Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion, wow. and it's now opening the rebrand for TNA. Like longevity and pro wrestling, maybe. Yeah, yeah, also, in Hard to Kill, the return of the Knockouts Ultimate X Match. Yes, everything you love about TNA and one thing, the X Division and the Knockouts. A star will be born. Yes, sir. Because the winner of the Ultimate X Match obviously gets a title match whenever they're ready. Danny Luna 
who has signed with TNA Wrestling from WWE NXT UK. She stayed on the independent scene for a little while. She is making her official TNA debut, as is Alicia Edwards and Jody Threat. And recently, from the WWE PC, who has signed, well, who hasn't signed, but is making their TNA debut, daughter of Robbie Brookside, Zaya Brookside. Hmm. Like, she was in the WWE feed system for a little while. She competed on NXT UK. Um, didn't come over with the initial closure. She is now an independent star and will be making her TNA debut in this match alongside Giselle Shaw and the winner of the first ever knockouts, Ultimate X-Men, Tasha Steeles. Six great winning competitors, six great knockouts. Who do you guys have going up, climbing that wire and grabbing that X? Giselle Shaw. It needs to happen, right? It needs to happen right now. It needs to happen right now. We need to pull, we need to pull, pull, the pull this Giselle Shaw right. uh, rocket ship run. Like we, and we need to do it right now. We've been boiling this Giselle Shaw pot for a while. And, and, and it ain't been in the slow cooker. It's been on the stove. It's been on the gas stove. It's over a few times. We had to put more water in the pot, start it back over. Give her Savannah Evans, give her Jai Vidal. This, it needs to happen right now. now if, if, if not, if not her, then Tasha Steele's because I want it already. And y'all, y'all know the text. Like, the greatest to beat the greatest. Like one ultimate X proceeds to defeat Nikki James for her sole knockout championship ring. Like I'm the greatest to beat the greatest. I'm with it. I got you. Okay, but like I also don't want to overlook the talents of Zaya Brookside and Jody Thread. Those are two other hardworking women's wrestlers. Zaya Brookside. So you're not gonna mention the talent of Alicia Edwards. Zaya Brookside again. So you're not gonna mention the talent of Alicia Edwards. You tell me Alicia Edwards right now. The flat liner. Fake. From Boston. It's called delish. Actually. Okay, so I feel like Alicia Edwards gonna like grab a ladder and try to. You think so? <laughs> like, like, uh, like, to say she doesn't belong in this match is not true. It's like Alicia Edwards has been a very prominent member of the Knockouts division for some time now. But you know, I'm real critical about her. You're critical about her in general. No, like, I'm I'm I love Lich. Don't you, do you, what, what, what did we just have? We just had a whole back and forth. Do not tell me that lady. I do love her, but <laughs> like, it's, it's like the Maxine and Rhea Ripley match thing. Like, you're not ready for this. Move on. We will move on. Ultra Nation is going to be so fantastic. For what's Alicia Edwards. What's going to be even more fantastic? Boy, does TNA wrestling love giving us tag team gold? Tag team S class wrestling. And boy, do we have it here. The ABC. Austin, uh, Ace Austin and Chris Bay Austin, Colin, man, Austin Aries, please forgive me, you guys. But yes, um, Ace Austin and Chris Bay will be hands down tag team of the year. Impact tag, TNA's tag team of the year of, of 2023. Your girlfriend's tag team. And your mom's. And your mom's. Like, they will be defending their newly minted TNA World Tag Team Championship against the Rascals, Zachary Wentz and Trey Miguel, Speedball Mike Bailey, and Trent Seven. Yes, Trent Seven of Mustache Mountain. The newly signed. Yes, I saw that. And the debuting. Uh oh, here we go. Zach Gibson, James Drake, the grizzled young Vet veterans. And soon. And soon. Can and soon be as soon as tonight. Because do you talk about a mishandled <laughs> tag team? If you guys remember the oh, yes. veterans, um, Zach Gibson won the second NXT United Kingdom Championship Tournament. Would later form a tag team with James Drake, become the Grizzle Young Veterans, would go on and reign in NXT UK as tag team champions. Come over to NXT, join the schism, and do absolutely nothing. Be mishandled. You two actually put me on that tag team. Like, because they were so good. I watched those guys. Those guys put on, damn, if not A matches, fucking B plus or better matches, straight up. Like, those are some talented young men, and, like, it's a shame what happened to their career over there under the wrong booking, but they have a shot to out-wrestle two of the best tag teams in the world, and Trent Seven and Mike Bailey, for their first set of U.S. tag team championships. Corn, like, you've seen the competitor, the kind of athletes all eight of these men are. Caliber. Cal thank you. Like, carburetor. You know what it takes. <laughs> like, you've seen what it takes for either of these teams to be tag team champions. Who is going to give that little extra oomph to actually pull it out? I believe the Grizzly Young Veterans are going to do it. I second that solely because they, because they're going to they're going to show you the fight that they have had inside of them for so long that they have never gotten a show, and they're going to do it tonight. And it is going to be just enough to get the tag titles. They can't wait. Like one, I really want. I've always wanted so much for those young men, but at the same time, I'm not completely prepared for the ABC to lose these tag titles because I honestly want to see that match happen one on one. Hey, who's to say they might have a? <clears throat> this might be a rivalry for me. Yeah, who knows? Only time will tell. Next, another staple of TNA wrestling. Is the X Division where it's not about weight limits, it's about no limits. And TNA's first ever five star match was an X Division three way, and now we're gonna try to run that match back as record 10 time X Division champion Chris Saban defends his championship against Kushida and Triple A mega champion El Hijo de Vikingo. First of all, the King of Vikingo for the X Division championship. Give it to me. I can't wait for Hard Kill. I want it now. I want it right now. Ooh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, if you haven't yet seen El Hijo de Vikingo match, please, as soon as you're done listening to this episode of the podcast, Go to YouTube and watch something. This is going to be that, that's match of night. Call it. You call it. Like for hard kill match of night. Call it. Match of night for me is one that you have yet to announce. But we'll move on. <laughs> uh, you, you think match of night is going to be? Uh, we'll get to it in a second. All right. But um, obviously, like I said, Chris Saban, ten-time X Division champion, one of the faces of the X Division, one of the faces of TNA. That's not government yeah. company. He has not held. This may be one of his biggest challenges today, going against not only a heel of Kingo, but a very good friend in the time splitter, Kushida Kushida himself. Has did Kushida have a good X Division title? I'm imagining that. I do not think he did. I'm going to be thinking of the Cruiserweight Championship. But um, Cruiserweight Championship is pretty similar. Once again, it's about no limits about what you can do purely off your athleticism. Cruiserweight title definitely has limits, but we'll keep going. So, uh, um, yeah, wait a minute, but still no limit. Because like, when, you, when, you're, when you're under 205, you pretty much do whatever. It's not a 205 title anymore, but we'll keep going. Anyway, who do you guys see coming out on top for this championship, this prestigious championship in TNA? Like, are you surprised that um, Saban is actually competing in that level that he is right now? Absolutely not. That's a man, like, um, the two men holding the um, men's single championships are some of the hardest ranking wrestlers of this generation. Uh, like, they're, like, they are, they're the reason that um, I stopped, I continue to watch TNA because 
they're like when they were a tag team, like some of the best matches I've ever seen. Like, and that was when they were still young. And obviously, if you continue to do this sport well, you'll get better with time. You'll learn how to adapt properly. And being able to still be at the same level as you were in 2002 and 2024 just speaks to the detriment of the athletes like Chris Saban. <laughs> but speaking of superior athletes, just a random singles match that we're going to give you guys. One of the hottest free agents in pro wrestling right now. The MLW World Champion. Champion Alexander Hammerstone is making his TNA debut against the walking weapon, Josh, Josh Alexander. <sighs> so this, this show match tonight? Match tonight, hands down. Like, Ooh, hands, down. hands down. Josh Alexander and Alexander Stone are going to tear the house down. It is a shame that other matches have to happen after that. It's a shame that matches have to happen after that. How can you follow something like that? Seriously, man. I count 10 stalling suplexes from each of them. From each of them. From each of them. Hammerstone might, might, actually, might actually go down to his knees and come back up. Hammerstone might. will definitely just do that. We'll definitely just, just, hit, just hit a crunch while I have this man in a very suplex position. I was able to um, Alex Hammerstone, a staple of the MLW, seen for a while from a tag team champion, um, part of the dynasty with Richard Holiday and Maxwell Jacob Freeman and JF. Um, will later break off from the dynasty to become the MLW world champion, the longest reigning longest MLW reigning world champion in company history. He's making his debut against a man who came up to Impact Wrestling and pretty much took it over in Josh Alexander. Josh Alexander worked from the bottom of the tag team scene, starting with the North and Ethan Page, elevating to the X Division Championship is now a two-time World Heavyweight Champion in TNA, yes. and like just the the new age Kurt Angle. If I put, if I say so myself, quick I, trivia. I would definitely second that. Quick trivia: Who was the first wrestler to be called the Walking Weapon? Jimmy Hart. No, but you keep it going. Jimmy Hart. No, Andre the Giant. Andre was the walking weapon. I was close, but I was close. Bro, I said Jimmy Hart. I was close. I was close over here because they're trying to take it from me. He had probably the most dangerous weapon of all time. Megaphone. But uh, Josh Alexander. Pure, pure, pure wrestler, man. He don't get tired. Pure wrestling excellence. He don't get tired. I still go back to that um 60 minute Iron Man that him and TJ, yeah, that him and TJP had just on a random. It was just a random kickoff show of impact. That match went so long that they opened the show with it in overtime for the World Heavyweight Champion. Just seeing. Josh Alexander slide that win out like made me want to watch everything else that he did. Like him and Hammerstone are gonna make magic. Oh yeah. Speaking of magic, it's the knockout. Like, I love everyone's favorite winners division in professional wrestling. It's definitely mine. Absolutely. The they have the strongest. Never have and never will disappoint. And they, and they are keeping that trend going because Trinity will be defending her knockout championship against Jordan Grace. Jordan Grace, a former multi-time knockout champion, Trinity, current champ. Um, Jordan won. Uh, I forgot what she wanted to get this title. Uh, she wanted to call your shot. shot yeah, yes. Yep. She wanted to call your shot, Gauntlet. She said she was going to call her shot a hard kill. Waited for two months, maybe three, and now has her title match. Against Trinity, if anyone wants this knockout championship, it is Jordan Grace. Big Mama Pump has been wanting that ever since she um lost to Mickey James as part of the final rodeo. Like lost to Mickey James. Mm. Um, Question: mm. if, Is this Trin's last match? Yes, that's what we were getting into. Like, <laughs> like this could be because Impact doesn't necessarily hold it down to year-long contracts. Like we do, like six months deal. Scott just gave her the brand new belt, and it's going to Jordan. It's going to be so great. Mm. What if she stays? Hmm? Like this, this new belt could definitely like, entice her to stay. Like just like she could definitely like being the new face of the knockouts division for TNA because Tony Grace is definitely our face for knockout division. In fact, I want five dollars when you hear bring it to the floor to Royal Rumble. <laughs> I want ten when you hear. Oh, that happened too. That happened too. But I want five dollars when you hear bring it to the floor to Royal Rumble. I want to. I want to cupcake when she loses tonight. I want five dollars when you hear bring it to the floor to Royal Rumble. Oh, righty, you heard it here. So you got Jordan Grace beating Trinity and sending her out the door and sending her packing back to her daddy. And finally, Roman Reigns. But uh, oh, Alex Shelley and Moose. Oh, wow. yeah, Alex Shelley and Moose for the world title just jump into a deal. <laughs> like, like, I'm saying, hey, in your final match of the night, what is likely the main event, your world champion, Alex Shelley, defends against former TNA world champion, Moose. TNA world champion. <laughs> former said, TNA world champion. I said a year and a half ago that Moose was going to get the title back. Moose. But does he? But is he? Yeah, Alex Shelley's not getting because, like I said, Alex, she Alex Shelley did the unthinkable and beat Josh Alexander. What's the title of the pay per view? Moose. Hard to kill. What's the underline of that? Hard, but uh, hard to kill. You, you won't. You won't believe who shows up. You won't believe who's showing that. Who's up? Who's up? Moose. Okay. I have no who's clue. Up, forget who's up. Who's up? Who's up Shelley. Where's <laughs> Shelley? Shelley from Motor City. I ain't gonna say that. I'm gonna say that Shelley likes to wear a white suit with a black tie. I got a crazy thing. I'm gonna throw it out there real quick. Loki, like the Saban loses the um, X Division Championship. Oh. He, he gets he gets peed. Um, Shelly tries to calm him down. Don't work. He comes out there, causes uh, Shelly um, the World Championship. So you say we break up the guns, and because Alex Shelly's the heel, because Chris Saban's already facing like Alex Shelly went heel a while ago for whatever reason, like to prove that I'm the best he here. Did not do that part. But like, you know, Alex Shelly is definitely in the clean role while Chris Saban is full blooded babyface. But then again, we like I watched the pre match interview that they did on Thursday. That is one thing they did this past Thursday on Impact. They showed us a YouTube exclusive interview. This is not. The fist in the air moves. This isn't the wrestling god moves. This isn't no giving like this version of moves is the most serious he's playing he's been in a while and he needs to be the real TNA champion to I'm solidify find out. to solidify that reign. So who you guys got coming out as world I'm, champion? I'm rolling with Moose. I'm also gonna roll with Big Moose. So I'm gonna triple it up and go with Moose. I'm rolling like, with this him. Is, this is Moose feast or fired briefcase yes. cash in. So I hope he does well. Question to the Who could who could be there that could warrant that of the of the title of the pay per view? Who do you guys see? Nick Sean. Mustafa Ali. Are you the Mustafa Ali yeah. or Nick Nemeth? Or Shelby B? Oh. Masaya and Monsoir. Eminem Like could easily um, Interrupt the tag team scene <laughs> It could be a few people oh, right. yeah. Wow that is true But all we can do it's Is cool. tune in This evening January 13th Live from Las Vegas TNA Hard to kill We will be giving you guys An update on what went down On the show next week But until then 
It's time for our weekly wrestling roundup. What we go through what happened this week on your televised wrestling programs. We are going to start with Monday Night Raw. The show hit off this week with a Punk and McIntyre return feud. Like, obviously, everybody's telling CM Punk how they feel because why is he here? <laughs> <laughs> just straight up, like, before we move forward, just tell me somebody, why is he here? Be realistic, please. Oh, man. Um, Easy endeavor. Oh, so, he, so he's here because he already had a way in. Yeah. yeah. I had a way, I had a way I in. It was a nice back door. Remember, back door was you guys remember a couple years ago when I told you guys that Vince was selling? Yeah. You guys remember that? And remember I told you who was I like... You were right about that. Like, that the, way they, the way they restructured the company is um, um, business one-on-one. But um, when I found out that the UFC or Endeavor and TKO was a uh, front-runner for it, and remember when Brock turned on, went heel on Cody? Yeah. I said the reason he threw those fingers up was because Endeavor was going to get the company. And when they did get the company, I was like, CM Punk already did business with him before. Well, like, if we can find a, like, well, I'm not mad at this feud being Punk's first feud, but, like, obviously we don't want to throw him immediately to stuff, but, like, we know that wasting CM Punk's time on lesser than main event guys is going to do much, so I'm excited to see, I'm excited to see it's gonna be physical. Oh, it's going to hurt. Ooh, them blasts go ahead, but it's going to come out the earthly, like, ooh, baby. Like, second six ain't going to be, like, some ice axe. Bro. Like, also on the card, Finn Balor took on Tommaso Ciampa, furthering the DIY Judgment Day tag title match. We are. So, Tommaso Ciampa picking up the victory, following um, outside interference and distractions from Johnny Gargano, and um, Damian Priest, Damian Priest, almost, you know, just hucking. Um, Gargano to announce it before getting out of it and tripping up Finn Balor for the win. Um, Diablo versus Justin Day at Royal Rumble. Like, obviously, this, that's why I see the tag team match happen. That's where it should happen, at least. Um, is it too soon to go ahead and put the belts on the Diablo? Because obviously, they're going to get on Monday. It's hard, man. Um, well, is he, I, that's another now and never situation because, like, you guys you guys called him up years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? You remember that time when they brought up all the folk? Yes, sir. I was going to bring a shade shot in. Wow, that was like 2019, 2020. So, like, yes, no disrespect to Champa. We said Champa bike. No disrespect. We said Champa ain't talking about He ain't getting no younger, yo. He ain't getting no younger. And that, that hip, we got about one more match. Yeah, so it's now and never, man. Uh, yeah, like Tori said, like to the, to the point, why'd you call him up? Like, why, why'd you call him up? Why'd you reform the tag team if not to give him the belts? Exactly, dude. Speaking of reforming and not having belts, um, in more Imperium drama storyline, Luke Kaiser and Kofi Kingston had a match that went to a double count after both men just couldn't stop beating each other up, which led to a post match brawl where Luke Kaiser just, first of all, my new favorite spot in wrestling is the lawn darting, is the lawn darting of the announcer's chair. <laughs> Ludwig Kaiser. Like, he lawn darted the chair to Kofi Kingston's face, uh, then from half court went all the way around the ring. And yes. planted his two feet between both pieces of head. I like seeing this version of Kaiser. I hope this leads to if this leads to Imperium breaking up. I hope this leads to a Kaiser singles run. Mm. Supposedly. What if what if Kaiser does it? What if Kaiser does what? Is he if he's no. the one who um, draws the spike in the splits? What if Kaiser's the one that jumps free? Williams on the Carmelo. No, like, no, like, that ain't like, <laughs> that was nothing. I mean, what if Kaiser beats Gunther for the belt? Oh, absolutely not. Oh, absolutely not. Not, a, not. not in 2027, baby. Not like, in 2027. Oh, yeah, we, we can move on. <laughs> oh. oh, but he did. He did sneak a Kofi's head for Vinci because um, the Ring General should return this Monday. It's the second week. He said he's taking. Two he weeks is indeed. He is indeed slated to return. And he's gonna he's gonna find a vicious Kaiser and a concussed Vinci. House in shambles. I'll be y'all boys for three weeks. Go yeah, birth a baby. Yeah, Here we are. All right, Kaden Carter and Katana Chance, they retain the women's tag team championship. If you're going to say not an actual tag team, you can just say they retain the tag titles and move on to the next match. If the team, if the team, if you're going to say against and not an actual women's tag team. Name me the actual women's tag teams because I was going to say the former women's tag team champions because that is what they are. Chelsea Green and Piper. Okay, I will count them because they're champions. I thought you were going to give me a Frank and Natalia team, Italian team, maybe Natalia and Tegan Knox, maybe Natty and Shotzi or something like that. Because no, like, the um, rematch clause wasn't active. And, and Natty and Sue Young, like Natty and Sue Young. Oh, wow, first of all, oh wow, that's diabolical. They ain't even the same company. Wendy Chu and Liv Morgan. Like I'm just tired of Franken teams. <laughs> 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 well, we only got like three actual teams. Then get rid of the division. Then get rid of the division. We're going to have four in January. Don't worry. We're going to have four. Get rid of the division. All right. Well, like, well, like, you're already on this train. You're like, this is gonna make you feel any better. Because I was I'm talking about the greatest thing that happened on Monday Night Raw. I'm gonna take these headphones off and let y'all. Sorry, I drink a lot and I smoke a lot. What was it? Our truth is a comedy genius. Our truth is gold, baby. Our, Our truth, truth is gold. Is the greatest. Judgment Day live. I thought that was uh, done, bro. Is that enough? I need. I need. <laughs> I need that shirt. <laughs> I need, I'm, I, like, obviously, like I said, it's the commitment to the bit for me because obviously this is stupid. Like, we're not going to sit here and act like this is like what the unified oh, tag team is. Like, we're not going to act like this is what the unified tag team champions and the women's world champions should be doing. But the sheer commitment to the bit because I was like, I'm from on the side of Jamie McDonald. It's no longer just that. He lost that match today in pre Cool. Like, so, but like, yes, now that Jamie McDonald is out and I'm officially in. Like, oh, you really said, I'm still in. I'm still in. Like, it was great. Like, it, it was so good. Like, and it perfectly led into the Mrs. match with JD McDonald. Which like R2 was there for to watch because obviously R2 got judgment days back. But like he's just <laughs> like I, I get your transgressions about R2 and all we're gonna call him his transgressions because this is a PJ show. It's a PJ show. All, <laughs> like, all I can say is he's a very colorful character. <laughs> but like like I said, this this judgment day shtick is it's so good. This is good. Like and it's gonna hurt when also truth becomes world tag team I'm going to unsubscribe from WWE the company. <laughs> oh no. Oh gee. Oh that was that brother. Like you ever see some people actually come in and like make their way through the competition and actually stick up. Like how, how is R Truth compared to like Man, dude? R Truth R Truth honestly is 
the top because of the simple fact that like the last person I can remember that was even trying to do anything like this was uh, Santino Morello. And like he wasn't as athletic and all that. That's just one part. But it's so it, this guy is doing this so naturally, man. <laughs> That's the crazy thing. My like favorite thing, like... my favorite thing was after <laughs> war games. <laughs> it was after war games and he was like, Did we win? How did I do it? I watched that clip like 14 times, man. <laughs> that dude is <laughs> so good. Like, like I said, it's the commitment to it. Like and to be honest, Judgment Day ain't looked any better. Like they was they were stale. They had been stale for these three weeks, in my opinion. That's only my But it's not thing has given up a much needed shot of like entertainment. Like, that. like, like it, it gives me like it gives me book dust energy. <laughs> Like it's our truth is not better than like because really? book, book dust was just, like book Gomez was just trying to get the together. Our truth is already fully committed that he's in Judgment Day. My name on the t shirt. I, 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 I got two Judgment Day t shirts. JD McDonough ain't on none of the t shirts. Like and that, that's that's the worst part about all of this. JD McDonough is on none of the Judgment Day merchandise. Our truth piece. has two Judgment Day shirts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, two. Because he's selling it, bro. That is crazy, man. You gotta love it. That is a forgotten. The last person I knew of that carried this this far was the Sandman in ECW when he got hit and I with a cigarette and was blind. But I don't remember that. This is right here, though. Did, did you see the picture? They was eating in the food court, and our truth was like in the back. Like, that was legit eating in the food court, and our like that's always the real truth in the back. Like he's in judgment day. Like, stop. He's not. It's okay. True. Really oh, oh, thank God for truth. Now, what I can't tell is a joke or not. Is it Jimmy Hall really supposed to be getting this title match Monday? I mean, it's, it's a joke that he's getting it. <laughs> <laughs> Like the joke is him getting this title match Monday. Like, well, if, I'm, if if I'm somebody in the back, like if I'm Ricky O'Shea, like just, just throw somebody out there. If I'm Ricochet and Jinder Mahal just came back and got a world title match while I'm eating, while I'm eating my perfectly crafted sandwich back here in catering, oh I have a few problems. Like, like I, I kid y'all not, my actual notes for this segment <laughs> is Jinder Mahal really Seth be real. Those are my actual notes in 2024. Be real. Like then I wrote wrong question mark. They just said no wrong next week. Wrong next week. Like I was like, if I get we gotta get somebody a title match, but Jinder Mahal, like I get like like I said, first of all, Triple H really upplayed this return last week. Like like. Even though it wasn't set up for the Rock return, Jim Mahal still got to make a promo. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I love that too. I'm not gonna lie to you because I was one of the people that was at home. I was like, "Boy, no way, boy! Are you kidding me? I <laughs> said, no way, I boy! For this, I, said, <laughs> I about turned off every TV in the vicinity, bro. <laughs> I said, what? He, he, he wasn't finna think about watching this near me. I couldn't get mad. I couldn't get mad because he's a former. I was mad for you. <laughs> Trust me, I was mad for you. Next, <laughs> Otis took on Ivar in our big meaty man slap meat match. And boy, like first of all, Otis and Ivar are like. Like athletic, athletic, and leaps and bounds. We have since you seen the catch from the springboard and took the world's strongest slam by Otis. We have not seen big men move like that since Bam Bam Bigelow. Like so, they went a solid four meat field minutes before Ivar won with the doom salt. Like first of all, I'm like Ivar's a big man. That is a picture perfect yes. moonsault. That dude, oh wow, like that is a, that is a salt. That dude, those the two meatiest moonsault ever. Oh, uh, we got word oh. that backlash is going to be in France this year. Yeah, like, I heard that. Like backlash oh. is going to be making this French debut. That pay per view will be taking place like what nine o'clock in the morning, ten something like that. Yeah, like the only pay per view we got to get up and watch. Man, that's crazy, dude. That's crazy. And in the main event, after fighting backstage throughout the, in the middle of the night, Shinsuke Nakamura took on Cody Rhodes in a vicious street fight. Went thirty minutes of just action. Yes, action, action, action. Obviously, you know you hit street fight, no DQ. The rest of the crowd instantly got a chance for the table, so they didn't get that to twenty minutes. Like. I feel like the tables have ruined our notice qualification matches. The fans have ruined our notice qualification why, matches. Why, 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 why do you only want a table? I do not. And then at this point, why you want a WWE table? Why you want a WWE table? Hey, that's top of the line, Daddy. That's top of the line, wet leather, but it's okay. Wait, wet leather is top of the line. Hey, the only tables I've seen anybody slide off of. Hey, bro. They'll say this gear when they want to. It's because they're not real, but it's whatever. Okay, but yeah, Cody Rose pushed his more through a table, hit a crossroads, and got the dub. Hopefully, getting through the Shinsuke Nakamura feud and focusing on his story of how he's not going to pin Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Where is Shinsuke going with? Having these two long fuses with Catering. Cody and with not craft services. You don't remember at this point, Shinsuke is just here to put people over. Like, and it's okay with that. That's what they told him. He's all right. Like, like, I'll, I'll just give you gold for a while. Like, I'm, I'm going to cater until somebody, until somebody else needs a heel to fight. Like, just oh, wow. be back here eating sandwiches and surfing when I'm not, when I'm not with y'all. Like, it's Zach, if he ain't mad, ain't mad. Okay. All right. I don't know. I'm giving a roll. Solid three this week. What about y'all? Out of five? Three out of five. I thought that was out of ten. I was going to say, dark. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. I'm going to say out of five. I'm going to say out of five. I'm going to say out of five. I'll say three and a quarter. I'll give three and a quarter. All right, moving on to NXT. Down South Slag and roll with these hustles. The Gita Lions and Blood Davenport are caught fighting in the middle of the parking lot as they're getting here. And then after we show that, they're immediately fighting with the entrance ramp, which leads into the opening contest. Um, Blood Davenport defeated the Gita Lions after a pretty standard match um, outside. Um, she outside. She got thrown. The Kingline shot to get back in. Blair hit a chop block to that knee that she famously took, famously took out all the months ago and dropped her with the B trigger. Hopefully, trying to stay in title contention after her loss to Live Valkyria next week. Um, when we gonna stop playing with the Lions? I have no. Nikita Lions just lost. What do you mean? Nikita Lions. The plan. The fine plan. The fine. The fine. Stop playing. Why did she come back at all her matches have been ill so far? I mean, why bring me back just lose? I beat Gorge. Are you surprised that Zoe went up? She has. She has. She won her first match back. Like, beat Gorge. Are you surprised? We don't stop having her beat children. Like, Gorge is a grown woman, and she and she beat her in one. All right, baby, she got a win, she got an L, she just came back. What do you want? 
Lauren heard to get that gender time, man, don't you? No, you heard it. We don't heard it. We don't heard it. No reason to be back. I'm just being back. I'm back because I'm back. Y'all took me out. I was injured. I'm here to work. I'm back because I have a job. You keep losing to the chick that injured you. Well, I can't beat her. She proved that. Like, what more do you want? So why am I here with her? I'm not here with her. I'm back. I have to fight her. I lost. We moving on. I have a dub. I have an L on my 2024 record. What more do you want right now? Like I said, like motive. Why are you mad just to lose? Like don't do that. I was back and won my media match. Your media match was the tag team match you lost to Corey and Blair I then won my singles match. And then lost to Blair. Like I said, you're still supporting the whole losing to the person that took. Maybe we lose matches sometimes. Like Jesus Christ again. If you want her to get that gender world title match, just say it. Just say you want the Keyline to have NXT Women's Title Match Tuesday. It's okay. Moving on. Moving on. And we'll get that in a second because we do have to talk about how Lyra has announced that there will be a 20 women battle royal slash fatal four way number one contenders match. How that's going to work is 20 women will start the match. Like eliminations can occur when you are thrown over the top rope with both feet touching the floor. The last four competitors will then compete in a fatal four way match where you can win by pinfall or submission. The first woman to gain pinfall or submission will be declared the winner and will face Lyra Valkyria at Vengeance Day. And then there's also you know, a little vice because you know she's still a breakout tournament winner. Like you're going to hear a lot about that breakout tournament for us talking in a minute. But um, she also stated how she feels that. Okay, so like, was this like. Jab at Electro Lopez, or was this us putting over Electro Lopez? I don't know what it is, and I do not understand it, therefore I don't know why it happened. Uh, you were look, looking at Lola, talking to Lola, you know what, Lola? Electro Lopez. Uh, <laughs> Basically. Uh, that is, that's pretty much how the conversation went. I have no idea why we did that at all. Only to do it immediately in the backstage interview. Like, maybe it's going to be a one-on-one match, maybe it's going to be a tag team match. We'll just have to see. But if you're going to talk about tag teams at NXT, it's time to talk about the Dusty Rose tag team classic. Yes, yes, hard times. Yes, baby. And polka dots. Yes, baby. I said, we got this year's tag team tournament started with the men, um, the Franken team. Oh, my God. Like, a lot of Franken teams bring tag teams. It's classic, so we're just going to go ahead and start. I'm okay with Franken men teams. It's these Franken women teams. Like Franken team is Franken team. Cause if I'm a tag team, it don't matter my gender. If I'm a tag team, if I'm an established multi-tag team champions, like I don't know Gallus, and I just come here and lose to the throw together, we don't really like each other team of Baron Corbin and Braun Breaker. I mean, they just lost, they just lost the better superstars in that instance. Cause I'm definitely that's stupid. We're a better tag team. This is a tag team classic. Oh, dang, we broke it down to singles matches. I'm so sorry. Like this, we turned that into two singles matches. Like the dusty dusty baby. But hey, the Dusty Rose tournament has um, propelled winner, the winners of the tournament um, onto, if, if not the next level, at least to um, the tag team championship sometimes. It has um, promoted some people to tag team titles. Um, the only time it really hasn't was the first ever winners, because you know, Samoa Joe don't know how to like coexist. Like, okay. But like, it's cool. It's cool. But um, Braun Breaker and Corbin won with a spear in the days to the respectful opponents. And right, uh, someone who broke up his tag team right before this Dusty Cup was Josh Briggs. He's currently in a feud with the metaphor where he took on Oral Mensa, where pretty much just enforced. If I beat your butt, I'm gonna keep my rematch. Because when Josh Briggs faced Noam Dar for the Heritage Cup, he ended up getting disqualified, and Heritage Cup rules dictate disqualification instantly ends this match. Oh my god, but we'll get you, you lose. Um, Quan, now that Josh Briggs is finally breaking out into the singles division, especially with his new attitude that he's been lacking since he was playing tag team former feeder, what do you think he's capable of in 2024? The possibilities are endless. We'll honestly just have to see who. I think it'll, it'll boil down to what Josh thinks he's capable of. If he thinks he can do it, he'll probably be able to do it. Like he thought he was able to, he thought he'd get a uh, Heritage Cup title match, and it happened. Thought he could be Oral Mensa. Did. We'll see, like it boils down to how much he wants it. Like he had to put in breakout performances, um, competing in the deadline match at the end of 2023, right up a couple points. One of the hardest Larrys also in the business, that JBL. Like, mm. it's a play on words, and a meaningful one. Like, it's from, it's from downhill. It, just, like, it just hurts. It really just hurts. I was like, um, Tag Team Title Match took place on the show as the D'Angelo family took out Alpha Blood. What you got next there? Oh, the aforementioned Jay, uh, Cora Jay. She had a match with Gigi Dolan. Um, once again, pretty standard winning affair. They was arguing over lack of respect. Um, Gigi went to hit her crucifix driver type thingy. Cora Jay grabbed onto the referee's belt, said, nah, hit the butterfly DDT, beat Gigi Dolan, one, two, three, see you in this number one because it was 20, one battle royal, 34 way thinking about. Second first round match in this classic, Axiom and Nathan Frazier, who was kind of sworn was turning heel a week ago, beat another tag team in the NXT tag team division. Hank and Tank, once again, like, who are these Franken teams for? It's our actual tag division. Ooh. Gotta feel the spots, man. Gotta feel the spots. We got tag teams <laughs> Why the spot, why the spot fillers beating the tag teams? Like that's my only one. Like hanging, like even still, like because I feel like we should have treated Dusty Classic like we treated the um, breakout tournament. Use this to elevate your new talent. Why are we elevating? Like that's four individual singles wrestlers. Who this year's winner of the men's breakout tournament isn't necessarily a new talent. He's somebody we brought back after uh, uh, after a match uh, and like one see how he did on TV after a less than stellar performance. By the commentary, but and and like he, and was, um, the breakout winner didn't have a much of a level up career either. But we'll get to the breakout winner in, in a moment. But yeah, like. I believe we should treat the classic like a breakout tournament, like actually showcase your teams. Because why are four individual single competitors over two tag teams in this class already? Who knows, man? We are not. We're not uh, part of creative. All we can do is hope to see the magic. And speaking of magic or lack thereof, our main event saw Dragon Lee take on Lexus King for the North American Championship. Lexus King. There was magic in that match. Dragon Lee always puts on a good show. Dragon Lee does, but like now we've kind of reached the point where the Lexus King experiment has already failed. Um, Lexus King, formerly known as Brian Pillman Jr. We thought when he would come in with the second generation rub that like we could probably do something with it. But he did. He, 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 like, he immediately denounced his family. Well, oh, yes. He, well, his, his wrestling family. Decided to go with um his raised family, but hasn't really connected much. Like he took like he took credit for the Trick Williams attack that we are definitely gonna get into because he did it just to get a pay-per-view match with Carmelo Hayes at Deadline, lost said match, and now he just up here drawing up a match contracts contract for championship <laughs> matches. Like got himself inserted into the um breakout tournament by taking out someone else lost. So I'm kind of shaking my head on where we're at with Lexus King. Too much too soon. He wasn't ready for all this, man.
catches in his breakout tournament contract and, and an amazing display of power like he showed in the breakout tournament, defeats Dragon Lee to become your new North American champion. Obafemi, at just 22 years of age, 22. SEC, stand, SEC standout in track and field from the University of Alabama, you wait. came in and just dominated. Dominated the tournament, dominated Dragon Lee in the match, and will now probably dominate that division. Like, that man has a, that man has a very bright future. I have to keep my own. Yes, like, everyone, please watch out for Obafemi. That man is going to do great in 2024. I hope they do right by him and eventually give him a mouthpiece to, like, make him a more, like, make him a strong, solid, tight character. Like, obviously, you don't have to talk too much because he's on, like, you know, he does have his Nigerian accent that won't always translate to some people. So, once he gets a manager, someone who can help handle the championship affairs, and just went to a page. Oh, family can be the brother. You ready for this? You ready for this? Give me. Boom. MVP. That is almost his little brother. No. Moving, yes. on, moving on to the next show. <laughs> We're going to go Dynamite on that note. AEW Dynamite took place live in Davis Place. It was their homecoming. It was a homecoming episode. They also treated it as a Brody League tribute show with some matches. So we're going to jump straight in. Like we mentioned earlier, Hangman Adam Page defeated Claudio Castagnoli in a very hard hit match. Like we said, this new attitude from Hangman where he's ready to fight and get back in control of his career and take and take over the World Heavyweight Championship again. He's on a mission. Won that match with two buckshot Larius because you obviously cannot keep Claudio Castagnoli down for, with just one. Um... Colin, where do you see, honestly, Hangman doing in 2024? Once again, I'm okay with the push Hangman is getting. I'm okay with the road Hangman is on as long as it stops swerving, pun intended, because as we saw, Hangman got lit up and immediately went back and inserted himself into the program that one Mr. Swerve is also in and directed himself at Mr. Swerve. He was already talked about being the future AEW, so let's see what's going on. All right, let's see what's going on. Like, speaking of the action, um, we had our first eight-person tag team match. This one involving the men, your ring one six-man tag team champions against Agony and Brian Cage team with Lex Archer to take on the hand-picked teams of by negative one Orange Cassidy, Adam Copeland, Preston Lance, and Dustin Rose. Once again, like Davis Place was the spiritual home for AEW during the pandemic era, and one of the brightest lights of the pandemic era was the Dark Old Enders, also one Mr. Brody Lee. So it was nice to see they gave negative one a little, a little, a little booking power to you know have a little good time. Everyone showed up and showed out for this match, but obviously with who was involved, we all knew that this was mostly going to be a, a feel-good moment for Preston Vance, who did end up getting the win with the discus lariat. Um, I don't really like to um, dwell too much on tribute shows. Like they just, they just feel good. You don't really want to judge matches like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, so yeah, the feel good moment. Match for, happened because match happened. Like feel good moment for Adam Copeland, Preston Vance, Dutch Rose, Orange Cassidy. Good job, guys. Larry's Larry's are currently two for two tonight. I'm down, Mike. Um, AEW World Champion Samoa Joe then comes out to address the masses, saying no more will there be whining and complaining in order to get title matches. If you want to fight the AEW World Heavyweight Champion, you submit to your record to the championship committee and you get it on. To which he was to which he was interrupted by Hangman, Swerve, and Hook. Gentlemen, three. Three hard-hitting title contenders for a man like Samoa Joe, am I right? Up, <clears throat> right up his style. Right up his style. Physical, stiff. Like, like and it's already been announced for next week that Hook will be in his title match. But um, what I want to jump on are the potential matches real quick between Swerve and between Swerve and Samoa Joe. That's one of the potential matches that I'm actually kind of hoping for this year. Um, when Swerve keeps saying that he wants the spot of the big dogs, he wants the spot that he deserves, he wants to be the first black AEW World Heavyweight Champion, he's doing whatever it takes to get there. Do you think Swerve is at a place now that he can do it, or does he have some more fine-tuning to do? Swerve is wholeheartedly ready to be AEW World Champion. Like the the program that I put on with Hangman Adam Page, where I went over against Hangman Adam Page, definitely proved that when I beat the former AEW World Champion. I got what it takes to be the former. I got what it takes to be the current. Yeah, hell yeah. His mic skills have gotten better. His ring work has gotten better, even though it was already good. I say, yeah, this year, yeah, swear we'll get the AEW uh, Championship. Like whose house? Swerves off. Um, we get a backstage segment where we find out that Time to Storm Storm, in fact, did not watch Mariah Lane's debut last week, but was not too fond of the debut of. The virtuoso. Damn so let me get this right. You didn't watch my debut, but you tuned in literal minutes after. Call the Wendy Richter, first of all. <laughs> like, I love, I love this delusional time. I love this time slot that Thomas Storm is in. Like, yes. she's in the 50s. But, like, call her Wendy Richter. But, like, um, one burn to this Mariah May face turn was when Tony Storm asked Mariah May what was the rest of her catchphrase, and after Mariah May responded, was told not to steal her, not to steal her lines. <laughs> I love this character, Tony Storm, so much. Tony Storm is free. Like, I love it, like, because the difference in presentations from her and WWE and her right now are night and day. Because last time we saw her near a championship in WWE, Charlotte Flair threw pie in her face. Um, Sammy Guevara took on Ricky Starks um, in a match to hype. The tag match that we mentioned is taking place tonight at Battle of the 9. Um, match seemed to have been finished prematurely. Like, they were going on real well against their third gear when just an Aaron Arras super kick and a roll-up won the match for Sammy Guevara. And boy, when I tell you, that kick stuck. Like, actually, in my notes, Sammy versus Ricky Stark, that kick, though. Like, if, if you haven't seen the match, please go on YouTube and find it. But um, obviously, after the match, Sam Guevara went shaking, you know, sports and shit, just to be attacked by Big Bill, which led Jericho to come out, and they started brawling, where, like I said, Judas played over the whole brawl, so there was no chance to boo Jericho, because y'all was all busy singing a song. We probably weren't going to boo. Like, setting up the tag title match for this evening. Can you consider Bill and Ricky a Franken team? Because yes, they are making it work. Wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly, absolutely. When I saw it, I was upset. Absolutely, wholeheartedly, because, like, they came together in one night and got the tag title. Because I thought he was going to be on Cassidy if we get him. I thought he was going to be the international champion or something. Like, I said, give Ricky Stark. I said, give Ricky Stark a belt. I guess I should specify. But, um,. Yeah, I'm going to hang over with Ricky Stark. Because ain't this still supposed to lead to an FTR's future something with Ricky and Bill? Like, is that still a thing? Or like, we can move past that? <laughs> I mean, FTR might try to get a ghost back. We'll see. But yeah, um, once again, we cut that stage where we find out, like, how we covered um, earlier in the episode, Deanna Bronson will be making her collision debut against Red Velvet. Can't wait to see that match later on this evening. Um, we had our second feel good Davis Place Homecoming Broadway League match. Once again, like, not much to talk about here. Anna J, Thunder Rosa, Willamette Gale, and Chris Dallin defeated. So, um
and Jay Chelsea Collins got out with the Queen Slayer. Obviously, this is Brody Lee. This victory gives her the title match against Julia Hart at Bell of the Bells 9, where Julia Hart is definitely just going to put her in Heartless and win. Next, we finally get some action from the newly minted Undisputed Kingdom as Roger Strong put on who I feel is going to have the most breakout performances of 2024, Brian Keith. Like, like I wrote in my notes, Keith will be the wrestler of 2024. But um, on this night, he came up a little short against Roger Strong because obviously like this was here to put eyes on the Undisputed Kingdom. But now that we have, now that we're finally done with the games of Roddy and Adam, what do you guys think? What do you guys think we're realistically gonna go with Undisputed Kingdom? The end result, Undisputed Kingdom will be not the same, but they will try to do what the UE did in NXT and be drip everybody be dripping over. That's what they want to do, but then there's also that little cat out of and system that Warlord was just gonna give him that World Heavyweight Championship. Hold up, hold up, hold up. He's saying that Warlord is gonna pull the Andre the Giant to Ted DiBiase. Yes, sir. All right then. Cool. <laughs> I was like, and in our main event of the evening, the Callis family, Kanosuke Takeshita, and Powerhouse Hobbs took on Darby Allen and Steam in a Texas Tornado tag match, which was just what you would expect from anything involving Darby Allen. Um, once again, we are still keeping Steam strong in these, in these matches by having the tag team matches. He's doing a great job. Um, Supposedly, his last match might be a tag team match. Absolutely. We're going to get that into a second. Um, Darby Allen hits a coffin drop from the bleachers onto Takeshita from the stage, while Steam drops Powerhouse Hobbs with a Scorpion Bell drop off the ledge through one of the two tables set up. Because like on one up, bro. Yeah, I saw that. Um, but like he may have injured his back in it, but was able to make a pin call, was able to make a pinfall, get the win, and then get back in the ring for his interview with Tony Schiavone. Uh, Tony basically asked him, "What are you going to do about your last match? It's coming up." Where and it is right there. And then we get the return Super of Spy versus Spy party. Yes, of Spy versus Super Spy McMahon. Kid. You will not. Keep this this big, you are not going to keep this Matt and, Matt and Nick Jackson return. But they look like Spy White and Spy Black, and they, they look like Black, and they had the Vince McMahon mustaches. So they did. They had the Vinnie Mac mustaches. Look at their faces. Like, like, look at them. But, but um, yes, it looks like we're setting up Darby Allen and Sting versus the Bucks at Revolution, which honestly, I'm like, I feel is a good move because Sting obviously is limited, getting limited by his age. Mm. He doesn't necessarily need to do the one on one thing, and this also means we don't have to have the classic betrayal of the teacher thing. Like Sting doesn't have to like turn heel on Darby Allen or vice versa just to make this one time match happen where they're definitely gonna hug after. Like all four of them, all four of them gonna hook after. Like it's gonna be like the best, it's gonna be like a best friends match in there. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be good for everybody. Oh yeah, feel good match of the year. I'm like, um, OG, you, you probably know more about staying the rest of us. Like coming through the coming through the WCW days. WCW. Like seeing like hold up, actually, hold up. NWA. Oh, like I said, more than the rest of us. NWA. Like, so watching the evolution of staying. Like first of all, did you think it'll be 2024 when that man will retire? All right, I will say this real quick. <clears throat> I feel that we as the wrestling community in the world got robbed out of what could have been the greatest match of all time. You let Sting go because you thought he was too hurt and he couldn't wrestle anymore. And he has been wrestling for AEW for how long now? Four years? Three, four years, yeah. Why we couldn't have Taker Sting? Like instead of Triple H and Sting and Undertaker and Bray Wyatt, that definitely should have been 31. But to your original question, man, um, honestly, from Bleach Blonde Sting with the DuckTale, um, saving fucking Barry Windham every now and then, being in the being in war games with uh, Dusty, I, I watched, and then for him to go through the Crow thing and um, the Nitro stuff, man, this has been actually a great evolution because once, what you said is true. There's no need for him to do such and such things anymore. He's basically teaching on his way out. That's what I believe. Props to Sting, though, man, but we got robbed. All right, props to the Icon. Like, cannot wait to see Revolution and see how he goes out on his shield. And last, but certainly not least, like, luckily not much wrestling happening on here. There's a lot of storyline progression. So let's jump into SmackDown. SmackDown opens up on Fox. With Cameron Grimes getting ready to face, I want to say Grayson Waller, but that don't happen because Bloodline, who do you think you is opening our show, Cameron Grimes? We don't know you here. This is our show. This is our show. The Rock Show. We can't say that yet. But yes, Cameron Grimes versus um, Grayson Waller didn't happen because Bloodline interrupted the show. And Nick Aldis has grown a set and decided he's going to be an authority figure and not you know a pump like whoever on the road. Like, not, not my words. Like, <laughs> Nick Aldis books a six-man tag team match between the number one contenders and the Bloodline. If the Bloodline can find a partner, because obviously Roman Reigns isn't here in Shotgun. Mm-hmm. And then we have our first match of the night, which I honestly believe didn't have to happen, as the LWO took on the newly debuting Umberto Carrillo and Angel Garza with Santos Escobar on commentary. Like it's I said, I legit called them the Latin Wolves, because like, you can't tell me where they're going to kiss. But like, this is basically Legado de Fantasma Part 2. And how do you guys feel about this feud? Because like, there, there was nothing possible I could call that. I feel like this is more this is more so just something to do with our Latin superstars, because we did, the, the, basis, the, basis behind, the basis behind that whole match you just saw is Rey Mysterio, quote, disrespected Santos Escobar by picking Carlito over him and by... Essentially, going to that the night the night of turn happened, he went to go check on Carlito instead of talking to Escobar about whatever for that reason. I this is more so just something I feel like this is just something to do with our Latin superstars. I mean, hey, it gets on TV, it works, but like, hey, it was good, it was a good match. Them, them four knew how to work, know how to work with each other, they did what they had to do. Like, what's, a decent, what's a decent TV match? Um, Carlito obviously jumps into on commentary, but that doesn't stop Andrew Garza from getting the role of victory. Um, best we get a little video package saying how our winning tag team champions are ready to defend against the best that SmackDown has to offer, so damage control. And the match immediately leads into Bailey versus Bianca Belair, you know, kind of a heatless match. In the beginning, it's like he was few, baby. Like, like on the um, they got the crowd pumped up towards you know the end when we start doing the, the tricks with the hair. You know, Bailey time Bianca's braid to the rope. Um, then Bianca laying down to basically use it as a lunatic tripwire. <laughs> um, but the big storyline, story part of the match is when Bailey threw Bianca outside and distracted the referee and damage control did nothing. Like did no heel shenanigans. Like just let Bianca get up, get back in the ring. KOD for the win. One, two, three. Um, gentlemen, this Bailey situation. 
and the breakup of damage control. I know this slow burns, but I'm ready to just happen because if, if it's gonna happen, why why are we doing it? Well, not not, not why are we doing it. We know we know we know why we know exactly why we're doing it. Because Sasha Banks, but like, oh, uh, I feel like I can just go ahead and go ahead and happen. I'm good on y'all hold y'all holding the curtain over us when we can see through the curtain. Like, don't 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 put the curtain in front of my eyes and I can clearly see through it and see know and know what y'all about to do. Like, you're kicking Bailey out of damage control. Or why are we waiting? But like like I said, there's another waiting scene thing happening. Um, Logan Paul gives a little backstage segment where he's basically whining about getting hit with Chaos Cast and if he do it again, he's not gonna get his title match. And he ain't. So Kevin Owens just you know invites him to the Chaos Show. We'll see if he accepts next week. I wouldn't. Um, we learned that Carrie Cross's group is called the Final Testament. They're still in brawl with their few with Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. OG, you were one of the first to um, say that if we redid the Hurt Business, we would probably have to do it with Lashley and the Street Profits. Now that we pretty much have that going, do you do you see this as both a good stepping stone feud for both of these newest fa- newer factions? You talking about uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the Hurt Business and the returning AOP? Yes. First of all, wasn't here for the last one. Dude was so happy to see Precious Paul back. First of all, absolutely. Paul is yes, back with the Yes, 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 yes. But um, I think this is gonna be good, man, because um, you got two. People that are heading two groups that know the business, just one knows it more, and that's of course Paul Ellen. But you got two hungry teams, and yeah, we've been waiting for AOP to come back, man. We didn't know if they would ever come back, but dude, to see them back, but this this has the making of we can make this run to WrestleMania, and that's why I'm rolling with it. I don't see this um, hopefully going to Mania if we continue to book it right. Because like we haven't had the best look across the booking since his return. Like honestly, like as far as character development, like actually Loki, some of the best in the um, company right now. But we still have to keep that consistency going. Um, next we have to um. We unfortunately have to cover um, a situation that happened on. Um, there was a match that was happening last night. It was Matt Carmelo Hayes versus Austin Theory. That match did have to end in a no contest after a slip up on a Spanish fly resulted in both competitors landing head first. Referee called the match as he should. So we here at NWW would like to wish both Carmelo Hayes and Theory the best. Hoping nothing is hoping nothing is wrong. Hoping everything is okay. Worry about later on the night. There was just a little facial contusion. They were all right. Okay. There was a little face hurting. They were good. They were good people. But do not try to step at home, folks. Right, do not try to step at home. Please remember these are trained professionals. These are people who, whose health and safety should always be accounted for. And then in our main event of Friday Night SmackDown, everyone's favorite Can Bay coexist match as the number one contenders for Roman Reigns' undisputed Universal Championship. AJ Styles, Randy Orton, and L.A. Knight Yow took on the Bloodline in a handicap match after all night of not finding somebody who wanted to fight with him, Paul Heyman, Dean, everyone on SmackDown, not worthy of teaming with Solo Sokoa and the man with a no-heat shirt. <laughs> Is that all you got to say? And that match went about as well as you think. Um, midway through the match, Randy Orton returned uh, with full bad. entrance. Like, Randy Orton left halfway through the match, then came back, like, only the Viper. So it was a tag team match for a minute. <laughs> it was so great. And then we won because who are Jimmy and Solo compared to Randy Orton, AJ Styles, and L.A. Knight? Yeah. yeah. Nobody. That's who. That's why Solo went through a table. Yeah. She all bounced out of that. Like, oh, good, wow. like good old Mr. Good old fashioned, good old fashioned three on one power bomb, baby. Like good old Mr. Roman Reigns. Like, hey, like this could be you, and then we'll just fight us three for your world title at the Royal Rumble. And yeah, that was our weekend wrestling review. Now you said something that was kind of interesting. To her. Yeah, I was actually like, this whole time I've been trying to find it, but yeah, I had ran across it on the. Excuse me, I ran across it on the on the Graham Cracker. If you don't know me, I just do tricks with words. It's like Instagram, but it said that the Rock had signed a deal with WWE. Of course, he signed a legend deal. I came back twice in the same year. Like so, you got to do something. Now. And, I got a movie coming also, up. So just ran across a few uh, things that said that um, uh, Roman and Rock might actually happen. But we all three, I think we agreed on it in the group chat that um, that was going to be Elimination Chamber. So but, but now it's coming out. Um, now there are, no, there are new rumors coming out that um, there are no plans for Roman to go to the Chamber. So, like I mentioned on episode one with Monday Night Mark, there's also a rumor going around that Roman Reigns is just on main event both shows. Both nights of Mania. Wow, that's going to be awesome. Cool. Yeah, that, that sounds convoluted. <laughs> but that's but that's just something that we leave our audience to think about. What do you guys think from this we start? What do you think we're actually going to do with Rock and Roman Reigns? Like, let us know. When we're going we're gonna to get some social set up so y'all can start letting us know y'all thoughts on this matter. But... We are nearing the end of our time here at Nerds Watching Wrestling once again. This is Saturday, January 13th, so we're about to go watch some collisions, some hard to kill, and some battle in the valley. Final remarks starting with the Reaper. Um, honestly, can't wait to see my favorite pay-per-view of the year, the Royal Rumble. Simple as that. Love me some Rumble. Quantiniable. Watch wrestling, enjoy the wrestling you watch. Don't let nobody tell you that enjoyable. And then you heard it here first. I'm going to have the Reaper and Quantiniable, and I am SWS ZJ Pierce reminding you that we are nerds for life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>